Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your host, Andrew, and my good friend, Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? Man, I'm good. Uh, I, uh, I go, I'm good. You know, it's just everything's weird, right? Mm-hmm. Everything is so weird right now. Yeah. Um, Ooh, this isn't great. <laughs> This is a truly hard seltzer passion fruit. It's not great. You're, you're not into the passion fruit. I'm going to drink it, but it's not great. Okay. <laughs> you know, we're super manly with the drinks these days. You know, it's that keto that's just really, really bogging us down. I know. I know. And I'm doing it in solidarity. I, I thought about buying a six pack of beer and a six pack of seltzer, but it, at, at that point, I'm like, yeah, I might as well drink some seltzer. <laughs> well, I appreciate you. You know, I'm here for you, man. I appreciate you. Yeah, but I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm, I mean, you know, I have a little bit of sleepies. Because uh, obviously the world the world's a little bit weird right now, but um, you know we're, you're working overtime, literally working overtime. Well, not at this moment. I'm not at work, but yeah, work worked a lot over the last week, as as you can imagine. Um, but you know it, we're we're making it. We're getting by, and yeah, that's. I mean, it is what it is, right? There's there's no there's no silver lining here. There's nothing nothing good, but that you know I'm I'm healthy. Well, so, I, yeah. I, I'm glad. I'm glad to. I'm glad that you're doing the things that that need to be doing. It's we need to have good people doing these things. So, um, yeah, it is what it is. So we've got a guest today. We do. We've got a guest today. We always do this, right? As if they haven't already read the title. <laughs> so, on the line, on the line, we've got the co-owner and president of Monta, Justin Crodel. Justin, how are you? Hey guys, I'm doing really good, um, all things considered, because obviously what you guys just alluded to, um, it's uh, it's an even stranger world than it was uh, a week ago. But, Imagine uh, that, right? As if it could have yeah. gotten stranger, we found a <laughs> yeah, way. Who, who would have thought? But um, I'm thrilled to be here with you guys. I love doing these. I love talking watches, uh, love meeting new people, even if it's virtually. And uh, Everett, I guess this is our second hangout. We did not wear bow ties tonight, but that's okay. We will do that again in the future. I did. I took it off as soon as I saw that you didn't have it. Though. You know, I uh, <laughs> I almost texted Everett, and as I was getting dressed, because I I woke up not long before uh, I came over, I I was in my closet, and I was like, oh, oh, today this could be the one. I was like, no, it's just it's just audio. We're not gonna live. We're not we're not live feeding this. So I I just put on like normal people clothes. Uh, I didn't even think to text because if I was the only one not in a boat, I'd be just terribly embarrassed. I might just pout my way home. <laughs> yeah, he comes over sometimes in the tux, and I'm like, "What are you doing, man?" Like just in case, yeah. you never know, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So we did a uh, Instagram live stream, sort of a- as uh, COVID was uh, the the first throes of COVID, and everybody's trying to figure out how, how do we what do we do during the day. Well, let's 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 yeah. do live streams, and that was a lot of fun. It was. And, um, you know, talk about silver linings that Andrew mentioned. That has been um, the biggest silver lining for me is connecting with customers and new friends and fans of the brand, um, podcasts, YouTube reviewers, you know, whoever it may be. Because um, the, the great thing is we all have this captive audience and whether they want to be entertained or not, uh, we're here to talk to them. So that's right. Uh, everybody wins. And everyone has exhausted the Netflix and Hulu catalogs at this point. Right. <laughs> right. At least all the good stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, st- I'm on to bad stuff. No, you know, <laughs> we, we talk about this a lot, right? It's such a bizarre community. You know, we're, we're uniquely positioned to get to know people. Cause really that's, that's what we do. That's what our podcast is by and large. You know, sometimes it's just the two of us, but 
I don't know, 40% of our episodes these days, we have someone on, we get to know, uh, you know, I've never met you in person, but I feel right. like I know, I feel like I know you, right? It's yeah. like, oh, I'm just hopping on a call with my buddy, Justin. Yeah. Uh, it, it's such a cool world that we're in where we have that opportunity. I agree. Totally. Well, so you're, as we, as we stated earlier, you are the co-owner and president of Monta, Monta Watch Company. Yeah. Is that, that's, that's the correct parlance, right? Yes. And you guys make watches. We do. Well, we you don't make, make them. We manufacture them. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. There, there's some nuance there. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. As I say, I'm not a watchmaker. I'm a watch manufacturer. I have a watchmaker who, who does that for me, but, um, but yeah, I just, I'm just crazy about watches. And you guys have brought in certain aspects of the assembly and and whatnot in in house relatively recently, right? Um, not assembly, but service and uh, and the QC process. So yeah, we did hire our own in house watchmaker Chandler. Uh, shout out to Chandler back in December. So he's been with us uh, coming up on six months now, and um, he's been a, a blessing to just you know uh, his knowledge to enable us to continue to take things a step further. Um, you know, not knowing kind of what our limitations were, he enables us to either push those limits or tell us, Hey, this is the limit. Um, but then the most important thing is delivering that, that customer service aspect so that people who buy a Monta watch know that, um, if there is a problem, we're going to be there, take care of it efficiently and quickly. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, so for, for those, you know, I, I think you know this, but our podcast really, we focus on what we consider to be affordable watches and affordable is is a moving target right what's sure. affordable to uh to a banker in new york is different uh than affordable for a couple of yokels in eugene oregon um but but the reason we started this is we thought nobody's talking about watches that i could buy today or tomorrow or this calendar year right you, you know or even perhaps 10 years from now right if you go to hodinky and and we love hodinky actually not no no disrespect there but if you go to hodinky uh the articles about watches that i may someday acquire are are few and far between and so we we thought well people might want to hear about watches that yeah. that they could actually afford because in our mind at least in my mind for somebody who can't afford that 10-year watch, that 10-year goal watch, but still wants to get into watches, that is a far more emotionally significant purchase, dropping six, seven, eight hundred dollars on a watch than that banker in New York who's gonna spend five thousand dollars on a watch. And so and so that that I mean sounds like superfluous and, and I don't think it is because I think we we owe it sort of to the people who are listening. Uh, to say we're going to talk about a slightly more expensive watch today. Mm -hmm. We're going to yeah, talk about fair. a slightly more expensive watch today. Um, but, but, and here's the big but. I think that Monta falls in loosely to that affordable category. Mm -hmm. um, I, I and I do. Um, I guess maybe before we go there, can we back up? Can we back up to you know 2016, 2017? Uh, to the to the beginnings to the foundation of Monta. How did this happen? How how did you and and Mike DiMartini and uh, and that group of people come together and and how did this thing come about? So it's um it's a long story, but I'll I'll, I'll shorten it as best I can. Um, the brand was conceived by my business partner Michael DiMartini and um, our third business partner David Barnes, who is now retired and. 
Um, he's still very much in the picture behind the scenes, but you know, not in the picture in terms of day to day. And um, so they came up with it in uh, 2015, started the R&D process, um, got prototypes in 2016. And that was, uh, at the time I was, I was the banker in New York, uh, except I was in St. Louis, <laughs> but, um, uh, so a huge watch nut and I bought an Everest strap as some of the listeners may know, we have a sister company called Everest that makes the rubber and leather straps for Rolex, Panerai, Tudor, et cetera. And, uh, so I bought a rubber strap for my Rolex and, and then, um, uh, met Michael, had no idea the company was based in St. Louis here in my backyard. And we met, had a beer, and the rest, they say, is history. I had a front row seat to the Gen 1 Ocean King, and as the brand came to uh, to market, and basically it was like this perfect crossroads in my life where I was in my mid-30s at the time, and I really wanted to make a change and do what I love for, uh, for a living and for the rest of my life. And, um, God willing, he gave me that opportunity. And ironically, uh, I thought about this earlier and this is, this is a perfect time to mention it today, June 2nd, that we're recording. This is actually my three year anniversary as an owner of, of Monta. So it's my oh, Monta anniversary. This is the, the third year anniversary show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Happy anniversary. <laughs> yeah. Thank you guys. Um, so, so like I said, long story short, I came on board, um, initially with Everest and then, uh, and then basically my buy-in to Manta was financing the Triumph. And, mm-hmm. uh, that's, a, that's a whole nother story there. But, um, but yeah, so three years later, here we are, uh, four models under our belt, uh, and a, and a fifth model pending. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. And, and so, so at the time you came on board, so you were the first purchaser of that gen one ocean King, I believe. Is that right? I was, I was order number one. That's correct. And, and is that, uh, that's a watch I assume you still own and will own forever and ever. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 No doubt. And, and so at that time, at that time, you were not coming into a booming business. Uh, yeah. r- rather you were probably coming into a business that was on the cusp of, of, of non-existence. I mean, I, I, I ran into the proverbial burning house. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, and, and we, and Michael and I talk about that all the time. Actually, just, just today when I texted him after a call, I was like, Hey, by the way, happy Montiversary, you know, thank you for allowing me to come on this ride with you. It's, it's been a very bumpy one, but I've still enjoyed the hell out of it. And, um, yeah, the, the, the quote I always go back to is the pain of regret is greater than the pain of failure. And that's what I adopted into my mindset as I walked away from a very successful financial planning career uh, with a wife and two kids, mortgage, car payments, the American dream. And it, you know, most of my friends were like, he's lost his mind. He's having a midlife crisis. What's going on here? And, and, and it, it kind of took me back a little bit because I was like, I hope I'm not, I know in my heart, I'm doing the right thing. I hope I'm not making a mistake. Um, and, and so now three years later, even with everything we've been through business, uh, you know, global things, personal things to say that, you know, we've, we've made it and we're going to make it is, um, is just wonderful. You know, there, there's no, there's no greater, uh, personal success for me than that. That's it's, it's really, it's really a cool story, you know, and and I, and I would urge you, uh, I would urge you at home. If you, if you don't know about this story, there's been, you know, uh, uh, plenty of people talk about it on other recordings and there's plenty of, uh, forums. Uh, I would say that, you guys did something. You guys did something that 
that I think is probably the in my mind and not being in the business I'm guessing a little bit but I think maybe the most important decision Monta made in that restructuring phase so Ocean King came out flopped for a number of reasons um Monta came back and they came back to their buyers and said hey we are going to keep going and we want to fix a thing that's happened and do you mind talking just a little bit about that process how you guys got there yeah, sure. So um, Gen 1 Ocean King uh, was retailed at 3550 And the biggest reason for that is because our strategy was to go the retail channel. Um, for anyone who's got any idea of that business, obviously, uh, your brick and mortar stores um, take a decent margin. That's how they make their money. And so, um, so you have to build that margin into the price. And then you also have our margin from manufacturing, marketing, overhead, sales, shipping, customs, et cetera. And so, um, so that the market told us that that was not a viable option. A brand new company coming out of the gates, swinging um, at that price level. Um, so we we, we failed uh, to to put it in one word. It, it was a failure, and uh, we learned from that. And um, you know, because of who Michael and I are, because of our business background, and and what we believe in is watch enthusiasts. We said, here's how we have to fix this if we're going to keep going. Because it literally was sink or swim at that point. We either just fold up and say, this isn't going to work and uh, and, and move on. Um, or we push forward and we do the right thing. And so we said, um, we're going to make a few major changes that the market told us in terms of uh, the, the watch itself, the pricing, the marketing, the service, you name it. And so we made those changes, uh, we reduced the price. And for those people who believed in us from day one and who purchased those um, at that higher price, we gave them the option of a refund to, um, for a, a fixed amount, which was a check that we would send to them, or a deeply discounted Triumph, uh, which was our second model that, that we announced at the same time as the Gem One Ocean, Gem One Ocean King at uh, Baselworld 2017, um, but wasn't made right away. It was, it was kind of pushed back and then, and then done on a pre-order. And so, um, so quite simply, the Triumph saved the brand, um, but we nailed it. We got that one right. Uh, we did, you know, we, we got the pricing right. We got the service model right. Um, the case size, the dial color, the options, everything about it. And um, so from then on, um, it was just learn the lesson and apply it going forward and um, keep doing what you love and, and follow your passion. Those are kind of the, you know, the, the Manta pillars, if you will. And, and I don't, you know, you, you sort of skim over the facts, but I don't, I think that you probably do that a little bit purposefully. Uh, and I hope you're not sheepish about it, but this idea that you reached out to your customers and said, Hey, this is where we're at. Uh, this is where we were at. We're in a different place, and and we we are so committed to you, our customers, who are our actual customers, that we want to do this thing. Uh, you you know, you read on the forums. Everybody's got opinions about everybody else's businesses, uh, how they do business, what they're doing. Um, this is the one of those stories where you read on the forums, and everybody's like, "These fucking guys are awesome." Who does that, right? When you say there was a refund, thank you. It's like you could read yeah. my mind. Um, it, it was just a a check sent back to the buyer. Yes. Period. That watch is still in their watch box with the the refund check. 
100%. And I have not verified this. I don't know if I ever can. Um, maybe, you know, like a, a Jack Forster from Hodinkee who's been around long enough that has a deep well of knowledge could, could help us with this someday. But I, I, no one's told me that a Swiss watch brand or a watch brand has ever given a refund to customers. And not that I'm like going to carry that flag and, and, and put it all over the website because we don't. Um, but it is something that we're very proud of. If anyone's going to knock our customer service, you just, there's no way you can, um, because oh, that of that. 20 years of goodwill. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and truth be told, because that we need the, more of that in this world right now. Um, only a handful of people took it. Thank you really? so much to the customers, you know, and, and admittedly, we only had about 50 Gen 1 Ocean King customers at this point, <laughs> uh, but the vast majority of them took the discounted Triumph in the pre-order and and they're thrilled with it. I, I still keep in touch with those people. You know, back then I was responding from my personal Monta email, calling these people because, you know, it's it's typical small business. You know, as we've grown now, I, I don't have the time and the resource to, to, to do that as much as I wish I could because I enjoy that aspect of the business. But, um, but yeah, those original people were, uh, they were, they were, they were sweethearts. You know, they were like, Hey, we, we believe in you. We love what you're doing. Um, this is amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, so we sent out like six or seven checks, I think. Um, yeah. which, you know, it was like, okay, we're scraping the bottom of the checking account, but we got to do it. And we did it. So, you know, but those people, those six or seven people are the people that are noisy on forums, right? Yeah. Uh, they're, they're the people that will define your brand moving forward. You know, we've talked about a number of brands on the show, um, and, and sometimes we'll get comments after we record uh, where folks say, oh, this brand um, does this shitty thing or has done this shitty thing, you know? Uh, and I realize... Sometimes it's legitimate. Sometimes it's legitimate, you, you know, without naming any any names or whatever, right? There's some companies that have uh, enigmatic customer service practices, right? Uh, but other times it's like, gosh, you're just you're just that guy. You're just looking for something. You're just Karen, uh, you, you, you know. <laughs> and, and so and so to make those six or seven Karens happy is yeah. is is a, a a cut above, right? So, you, you know, you sort of came in your your first project uh, as a as an owner was the Triumph, which you, you know, uh, such a perfectly I think such a perfectly named watch because I remember I I didn't know Monta before the Triumph. Uh, I, we're not we're not close followers of Basel World News or whatever, right? <laughs> you sure. know. Uh, you, you know, it's just not sort of our lane, but I remember the first time I was on a watch you seek forum and I saw the triumph and I was like, holy shit, man, this yeah. thing is really cool. This thing is really cool. Uh, you, you know, prices is high price is high for me, but it's in that realm of something I could get. It's a step up. Talk to us about what what a Monta watch is, because because that's I think that's the big question. Some of our listeners are going to have like, what is this watch that retails between fourteen hundred and two thousand dollars? What what am I? What is this thing? Yeah. So um, obviously, quality is is the first word that comes to mind. Um, as I've done podcasts and interviews. 
Um, I'm really trying to embrace brevity as much as I can because uh, I'm a talker. But um, but quality, <laughs> um, attention to detail, the design. You know, if you look at our website and you look at our four models, you either like it or you don't. You know, um, I think you know if, if you want to equate it to a car or um, a, a, a whiskey or a beer or something, you know that that you're that's in your lane. Um, I feel like the Triumph, the Atlas, the SkyQuest, and the Ocean King, um, we're not, to use like a beer analogy, we're not micro-brews, you know, but we're not the big behemoth um, uh, Budweiser's, Coors, Miller, you know, et cetera, uh, in terms of design, right? Um, in terms of size and scale, yes, we're very much a micro-brew, but our designs are supposed to appeal to a wide audience, and um, they're, they're based on the designs that Michael and I like as watch enthusiasts of, you know, going on two decades. And, um, and so we said, when the brand was, was, was coming up, how do we make an exceptionally high quality watch with a great design, with attention to detail, things like the clasp, the links, the hands, the presentation, uh, the, the, the customer experience, the connectivity to the brand. And do that at a price point that is palatable. And like Everett, to your point in the beginning, and I think Andrew, you touched on it too, is that number is going to be very different for everyone. You know, some people would say, you know, spending 200 bucks on a Seiko is just crazy. Whereas other people mm -hmm. would say, well, you know, if I can get a Nautilus 5711 at retail for $36,000, I'll take it all day long. You know, most people's heads would explode when they say that. Um, so for us, it was how do we deliver that exceptional watch um, and then couple it with the customer service and the connectivity to the brand. So what you get with every Manta is um, the finishing on the case uh, from alternating finishes like brushed and polished is just exquisitely done because we work with the very best manufacturers in the business. Can and I speak on that for just yeah, a second? Yeah, of course. The fin the finishing on the case is exquisitely done. It, it is, it is the first piece of metal I've ever ever touched, and it felt supple. Yeah. As I was as I was holding the Ocean King for the first time, I was like, "What? What the fuck is happening right now?" Like he why? was sitting in my living room. He was like, "Why does it feel soft? Yeah. Like why? Why is this like? It it is it is phenomenal." And we had a triumph. Yeah. That someone sent us what a year ago it's been it's been about a year it's, yeah. it's been a while and yeah. I, and i remember really liking it but being like mm -hmm. eh, it's not quite for me and and right as soon as i as i held this and i was like this yep this yeah. this is it this is <laughs> this is perfect how like everything about it is so precise one of the one of the first things that i like after i got over how how supple the finishing is just how delicate everything mm -hmm. is the crown guards on it yeah the finishing and the the precision in the angles makes them look applied like it's a whole separate piece not yeah not out of that same case it is absolutely phenomenal the precision that we're getting out of this finishing and it it rivals any watch that i have ever ever seen you, you know, it's interesting, Andrew, because uh, you said when we had the Triumph in, you, you know, I think both of us. So, you, you know, Justin, I don't, I don't I don't know if you know this, but we sort of came into this thing. Right. We started 40 and 20 as uh, 
novices in the watch world. And we're still very much novices in the watch world. You know, we, we talk about this regularly, but every time we have someone on the show, we're like, gosh, I know nothing about watches, <laughs> right? Um, but but in the last 18 months, 19 months that we've been doing this show, we've le- we've had an opportunity to learn so much. You know, people people like you that come on or, you, you know, Jeff Batchelor or, or Elgin Time, you know, these guys that come on... Um, and and educate us. We we've learned so much. I think when we had that triumph, we maybe weren't prepared. We weren't ready for it. <laughs> maybe we didn't know what we were looking at. Right. So yeah. you, you know, on that note, right? Case finishing, phenomenal. Right. What else? What other things? You know, where do you guys focus your attention? Right. And we we actually talk about this a lot. So I I ask you a question, and then I'm going to talk during the time when you answer your question. That's what we do. It's my <laughs> podcast. Uh, <laughs> well, you know what? What we talk a lot about the the sum of the expenses. Right. A, a watch. People always want to say, oh, this watch is not worth that much when you can get this watch for X. You know, uh, watch one is not worth X hundred dollars when you can get watch two for Y hundred dollars. And I can get an F91 for $9.99, so nothing is worth more than that. Right, <laughs> right, right. So, so you know, we always, we always uh, are curious, you know, what goes into this? You know, where is my value here? And, and why is this important? So case finishing, bracelet finishing, the chamfers. But but there's a lot more going on here. And I know you know that. So yeah, who better to ask uh, than, than the man, right? Sure. Um, so I'll just cut right to the chase. Um, the, the value that you get from a big brand and, and pick any big brand and, and make it as subjective as you want is the heritage, the longevity, the history, the traditions, all of that. And that's worth something. Um, I don't know it if is, there's, yeah. A, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know what formula you can apply to, to, to compute that. Um, but I will look anyone straight in the eye and say, put my case finishing, my clasp, my hands, my dial, my bezel, the patents I have on the bezel assembly, the patents we have on the bracelet. And yes, you can look these up if you're an expert or we can send you the link on the the U.S. Patent Office. Um, We do have several patents to our name. Um, But I'll go up head to head with any of those big brands in those categories. The bottom line is you either like it or you don't, the design, um, because finishing is going to be subjective to a certain point. Um, but ultimately it's, it's our designs that we spend the time and the money to develop, do the drawings, do the prototypes, the CAD, the testing, all of that. And then, uh, and then ultimately announce a new product and and deliver it. So you talk about the money aspect that goes into all of that. Um, that's extensive, but then in order to, to, to deliver a product like that, um, you have to work with the very best manufacturers. And and I can't say this because we have NDAs with all of them, but all of our manufacturers, we can tell who they work with based on prototyping that we're doing with them and sampling sure. that we're doing with them. Um, they'll show us things that, you know, I can just tell that hand comes from XYZ brand. I mean, it's sure. it's, it's very evident mm-hmm. to me. Um, so, you know, we're... we're running with the big dog, so to speak, uh, in terms of our manufacturing partners. So they deserve all the credit in terms of delivering it. 
Um, but the design itself, the shape of the case, the shape of the lugs, that's all us. You know, nothing is off the shelf. The only thing off the shelf in our watches is the movements. Um, but other than that, you know, it's it's our designs. Um, and then we we hand it over to our hand manufacturer. And, and I guess I should make it clear for anyone listening. We are like a general contractor, right? So you build a house, you've got a guy who digs the hole, pours the foundation. You've got another company who does the framing and then the plumber, the electrician. We work with a dial manufacturer, a hand manufacturer, a movement manufacturer, a case manufacturer, a loom manufacturer. So all yeah. of those people do their part and then it's delivered to our assembly company in Switzerland, cased up, shipped out to our office in St. Louis, final QC is performed there, and then making sure that everything's perfect so that when you open that Monta box, uh, your watch looks exactly like you expected it to be. Um, so getting back to your question about, about the, you know, the, the costs, um, it's, it, it is what it is for lack of a better term. You know, if you want that level of finishing, and I always tell people that with a Monta watch feeling is believing, right? You go to our Instagram account, our Facebook account. I'm very proud of the digital assets we have out there. We have beautiful pictures, whether it's macro or micro and videos. Uh, we've got YouTube reviews. We've got fantastic, uh, podcasts like 40 and 20, you know, bringing us on and letting Aww. us tell our story. You, heck, you, heck yeah. This is quality <laughs> stuff we're doing. Here. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, this is not an ad. Um, you've got, I mean, we are keeping this ocean king right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, for the right. record. <laughs> right. You, you've got, you know, big names like the Hodinkies and the all blog and a blog to watch and worn and wound. And you, you come to the wind up shows. Uh, but again, feeling is believing because the pictures can look really good and whether it's a watch or a t-shirt or a car, no matter what product you're shopping for, websites nowadays look great. You know, there's very talented people that do that and the, the photography and the videography. But um, my biggest uphill battle, as I always say, is getting these watches in people's hands so that they can turn the bezel, they can see the beveled hands, they can see the articulating links, they can feel that ratcheting clasp. Cool. And there you go. It's, it is <laughs> the, like the I, if if they made stress balls with just your bezel attached, I mm -hmm. oh. you guys should do that. That's you guys should guys. do that. Yeah, you get you know you want to taste a Monta. Here's a Monta stress ball with just that <laughs> bezel because I could I could <laughs> turn that bezel yeah all day. Well, so yeah. you you know those questions that type of question I mm -hmm. think is borderline offensive, right? And, and and we'll ask it anyway because we're yeah. it's our show. Yep. And we're borderline offensive. Yeah, border. Uh, you know, but I think we live in this very bizarre world, and I think this exists everywhere, right? It exists in cars. It exists in beer. Uh, you brought up microbrews, right? People, people will pay thirteen bucks for a six pack of Goose Island, uh, you, you know, or dogfish, you, you know, when you can get you can get a six pack of a local microbrew using the freshest ingredients on the face of the earth for for nine bucks, right? Uh, you, you know, we live in this world where brand heritage or, or brand, uh, recognition means something, right? Uh, and, and so, and so the questions are a little silly, but I think, and this, this actually is why, why we get here in our, in our conversation today, or, or at least why I get here, uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Andrew is still even with us. No, I'm, I am. But uh, literally, like six squirrels, just like all in a row, <laughs> man, ran along the fence line, and those those two are banging. Oh no, yeah, dude, look, those two are. Oh, that is happening. 
Yeah, that's happening. That's right amazing. Now. I've never seen squirrels get after it, and it's it's happening right in front of us. <laughs> Thank you for that, Andrew. Oh, this is amazing. This is quality entertainment. <laughs> yeah, it is. Look, he's getting it. Yeah, sorry. That, that is actually happening, Justin. Just nice. so you know. Uh, right outside the window. Uh, right behind you. So uh, we do live in this bizarre world, right? Where, you, you know, when we look at a micro brand, we scrutinize, right? Whether it's, uh, whether it's notice or... Um, a big, a, a sort of more established brand like Oaken Oak Oscar or um, these fantastic, fantastic brands. We still, we still, as consumers, scrutinize uh, what we're looking at when, when we we are maybe less less inclined to scrutinize an Omega or you know uh, perhaps a Raymond Weil, you know, a brand that doesn't come up very often, right? Sure. We're less inclined because Raymond Weil carries that name. So so whatever you get, the quality is less is less on the table to discuss, right? Right. Um, than the logo. And that's what we we expect more out of brands we don't recognize. It, you can get you can get a Speedmaster. And I'm I'm a person who's wholly underwhelmed by a Speedmaster. <laughs> And I still expect more out of a brand that I don't recognize yeah. than from a Speedmaster that I'm I, I, I like, but I'm it's just like mm, yeah, yeah, that's it. But it's it's for for me to find a comparably priced small brand to like it more than a Speedmaster. It's got to somehow beat the Omega in every category and and be less expensive for the for the most part for most people. It's got to be. It has to beat the Speedmaster in every category. And we, we set this impossibly high bar for smaller brands that it's harder to reach than we expect out of these big brands who have been doing it for 100 years and have totally streamlined their manufacturing process and totally mm -hmm. streamlined every, every aspect of their, of their supply chain. And I, it, it blows my mind that that's, that that's where we're at in, in the way of this emerging micro brand, especially American micro brand market, or or just like a boutique brand, whatever, however we want to call it, yeah, that we have this this bar set so high, and and all that being said, you guys have have met the bar in, I, in every regard. I think you guys sort of live in this. You know, you and I have talked about this idea a little bit. Uh, I think you guys sort of live in this inflection point of quality versus. Uh, anything else you can get, right? Yeah, and, and I think that's where the opportunity lies for us. Um, to, to use an analogy, um, I remember in business school when Under Armour came to market and everyone was like, oh, yeah. Kevin Plank, you're out of your mind with Nike, Adidas, Reebok. There's no room for you. This can't work. Um, and Under Armour now, to the last time I checked, it's been a few years, is number three, right behind Nike and Adidas, like pretty quickly. Yes, you know, this was 15 years ago. Um, and Michael and I have our sights long term set on that. We want to be a big player. We want to grow Manta into a brand that um, more people find out about, more people know about as our message gets out there that, hey, we are very serious watch enthusiasts. And if you're looking for a fantastic watch, with amazing quality connectivity to the brand, but you know, a warranty that we can stand behind. That's what we want to deliver. And, um, unfortunately for the consumer and for all of us, that costs money and it costs more money as time goes on. 
And so an important point I wanted to make today along the lines of price is that, you know, when we made that hard decision back in 2017 to cut the price, uh, it was predominantly out of the fact that we felt we had to earn our keep, earn some respect. And, um, and now we're at the point where we, we really can't continue at this price point. Um, and, and quite frankly, with you gentlemen, be profitable. I mean, we're, we're really mm-hmm. stretched pretty thin right now. Um, the plan was to have a, a pretty substantial price hike in January. And um, we were making plans for that. We had some uh, some uh, issues and pushback with movement manufacturers unrelated to price, just trying to get inventory. And then the whole COVID thing happened. And we're smart enough guys to know that raising your prices at that point in time would be a catastrophic mistake. Just you, you cannot do that. And so, um, so as we emerge from this here in the coming months, um, we actually have a, a pretty decent uh, price increase coming. And I don't mind talking about that and telling people that because, um, you know, people who are on the fence, uh, now is kind of the time to, to pull the trigger. Um, otherwise, you're going to pay a couple hundred bucks more. And whether it's a combination of increased movement prices, increased manufacturing costs, um, and just us being able to, to run the business day to day, um, there, there is a, a substantial price increase coming. Um, I, I don't mind telling people that, um, I try to be as fair and open as possible as I can, but in order to deliver the product uh, that you guys have there in front of you in the ocean King, um, that's, that's what it costs. And as I've told probably on a couple other podcasts and even some live Instagrams I've done, you know, we are not just arbitrarily assigning prices to these watches. We have a very specific formula that we follow that includes manufacturing costs, overhead, marketing, shipping, customs, rent, all these things. Um, and that that's what it requires uh, to, to be a, an operational business. And if you want to go a step further, a lot of that comes from Everest. You know, it's, it's a nine-year-old business now that has succeeded. Um, and you've looked at the price increases they've had to make. And you would think, sure. well, if you're mm-hmm. growing... And you're selling more products, you know, you should be making more money. Well, yes, but you know, increased <laughs> yeah. revenue doesn't mean your expenses stay the same, right? You know, your expenses go up, your revenue goes up, you know, you hire people like an in-house watchmaker that was a big deal for us. And um, you know, not to get personal, but I mean, Mike and I are not getting rich off of Manta. <laughs> yeah. Believe me or not. That's your choice. Um, I mean, you wear bow ties, so I don't know if I do. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> well, and I think you guys have talked about your margins publicly. I don't think it's a secret, right? Uh, you, you know, the, your pr- yeah. your margins are sort of in this uh, very conservative yeah. state, right? Yeah. And, and, and so we, you, you know, everybody wants to make these cost considerations, but, you, you know, we we've got a very good friend of the show and I won't call him out, but he'll know I'm talking about him and uh, he's been critical, right? He's been critical. And I think that's fair. I, yeah. I think that's fair of us or I, I of prices think, in general. No, of, of Monta, okay. right? He's okay. been critical of Monta. And, and, and I think that, you know, we've been gushing right uh, on Instagram and, and to people who will listen. Yeah. Uh, we've been gushing. And the reason for that is because we are really in love. We are really in love. We have this Ocean King. We've had a triumph in the past. I think that you guys are doing something really unique, and 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 we'll get to what I think you're doing. Uh, but um, we we've got a listener who's been very critical, and I say, you know, 
let me send you this macro picture of the markers. Yeah. Right? The markers. And, and, and it's not like a part of a broader conversation because the broader conversation lives in that, right? You, you can get a Vostok for 70 bucks, and Vostoks are cool as shit. We dig them, man. Mm -hmm. We're both owners of Vostoks. We both will likely buy more Vostoks sure. as we go. But you look at a Vostok, and they cut all the corners, right? In oh, everyone. To, if there's a corner, it's cut. <laughs> in order to bring you a watch, bring a watch to market for $70, no yeah. matter where you're making them, right? Corners are going to be cut. Yeah. necessarily and, and so when i look at when i look at monta's markers it yeah. really it yeah. really tells the story right because you did cut the corners N no yeah. but not in in like the, the cut the corner way <laughs> that you actually cut the corners off yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. uh right. I, I mean no the the no corners have been cut right it, except for when you cut the corners mm -hmm. uh and and I think that that's I think that that's where we're at, right? If you want the best watch that you can get for under two thousand dollars, or it sounds like maybe under twenty two hundred dollars uh, someday in the future, right. uh, uh, you, you know, I've put a number on your price increase without knowing what your price increase is twenty two fifty. Sorry, y'all, that's just I've said it. <laughs> but if you want the best watch on earth, I think that you guys are maybe making it. And yeah. on on this, top this, of that, you know. I, I want the product to speak for itself, but I wouldn't be doing this if I couldn't stand behind it and sleep really well at night, knowing that we take excellent care of our customers. And that to me goes hand in hand. You know, if, if you're a watch guy, you've got an Instagram account, you're following the 40 and 20 podcast. We're all in the same room We're we're cut from the same cloth. You know, we're, we're all in the same vein, whatever you want to call it. And so um, nothing is more exciting to me than hopefully soon I can get back out and travel around the country, around the world yeah. for that matter, and yeah. meet our customers at Red Bar events, at local watch get-togethers, at Baselworld, at Wind Up, and, uh, and develop those relationships. And, you know, a lot of my very good friends came from this hobby, this passion, whatever you want to call it. And so, so for Same me... addiction. Yeah. Yeah. addiction is i think the better yeah. word yeah you know i mean you guys are a perfect example like someday we're gonna meet somewhere and we're gonna hug it out we're gonna have a drink and you know we're we we met through instagram through a podcast through a facetime video whatever it is um but we have that instant bond that instant trust and uh you know not to get all sappy and goofy but that's just a really beautiful thing and that's what's so exciting to me about the watch community and why I'm so excited to be doing what we're doing, um, delivering this this level of quality, and then standing behind it. You know, if you have a problem, we're going to take care of it. That that is that is my mantra. Um, you know, if you drop your watch, you run it over with a lawnmower, you're going to have to pay something, but we're going to fix it for you. Um, but you know, if there's a problem with it that's on us, then then we we got you covered under warranty. Yeah. Well, you know, it's really, it's really uh, fantastic. And I think that where Monta lives for us, for me, is the step-up watch, right? Mm -hmm. The reach watch, that's the terminology we've used in the past on our show. We've got a reach watch, mm -hmm. right? This is something I'm going to reach a little bit for, right? Yeah. You, you know, I think by and large, our listeners, well, you know, 
that's just changed over the years, right? Our our listeners when we started were the 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 sort of F ninety one uh seventy one. The Affordables the, no, the Forum. Oh, yeah, 71 Affordables Forum. The yeah. Affordables Forum folk, you know. These are the folks that are looking for 200 400 perhaps a $500 watch. I think our Reach Watch episode, we talked about watches that were like... $1,200 and under. Yeah, yeah. 600 to 1200 right? Sure. Um, you, you know, and I think everybody's got a different level and, and what, a, what, a, what a Reach is for them. But for me, where I'm at, I think that this is the perfect. I want a high quality watch piece. I want an Omega level watch piece, or perhaps you know that that fancy uh, Tissot or whatever, right? Um, I'm maybe not looking for a five digit sub, which is cool as shit, but it's going to be a turd, right? right? I'm looking for something that is the best manufacturing on the face of the earth special not a single corner cut i think that's what i think that's what you guys for are, are for us for me anyway yeah and, and i think that that's what you could be for our listeners right and which is why we asked you to come on the show right yeah uh right you, you know I, I want i want to a just talk to you because i like you but b <laughs> sort of talk about this thing you know don't you don't need to get a planet ocean for six thousand bucks right uh i mean maybe you want that and if you want that God bless you because it's a fantastic watch. Or if you don't want to do that, you could buy three Ocean King and you can send two to us. Totally your call. <laughs> but <laughs> either way, we can make that happen. Yeah, you guys are you guys are filling that space. You guys are bringing a, a Planet Ocean quality yeah. watch uh, to the world for a third of the price, or maybe less than a third of the price. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't argue with that. Um, you know, I'll, I'll take that compliment all day long. I could say so. We spent the better half of an afternoon in a in a luxury watch boutique. You're not gonna don't tell people about this. And what what I'm saying is, we handled a shitload of super expensive watches. We broke we broke some. Well, we we mean Everett, but as a part of this team, I have to take some responsibility because the guy handed it to him, and I didn't say no, 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 don't. Um, this stands up against. And is better than most, if not all. The, the, like, and in fairness, I didn't get to walk out of the store wearing any of those, and go to the grocery store and live life wearing those. Because there was guys that the there was guys with Uzis. Uzis. Yeah. So like that. There's there there was a Barta exit at that point. So that could be part of it. So there's a there's a big caveat there that I didn't get to incorporate any of those watches into my life for a week. But this watch got onto my wrist when I left your house. And I, I did my normal, like, I don't shower in watches, I don't sleep in watches thing, but I lived life in this watch, and it it became a part of me. My, one of the, I, I thought it was a little heavy at first, just a little bit big. I was like, yeah, I don't know, it seems a little bit big, the clasp seems a little bit long. I keep I kept fucking with the ratchet on it, because I didn't have it locked in place properly, because I'm an idiot, that's on me. <laughs> uh, once I got it locked in place, and I got it adjusted, and I got, I got it on, I was like, I don't, I don't know if I'm going to give this back. And I think I have just enough money to abscond. I think I can get to Mexico. And I don't I don't know if I need anything else. Especially with all that overtime. He's oh God. I've I've worked I've I have worked three work weeks of money in the last two weeks. Yeah. So um last th- three days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, because my yeah. It's but that's that's neither here nor there. Uh 
it w- it was it just it it became a part of me it just it vanished into my into my wrist and i absolutely loved it so let's talk let's talk current lineup right yeah. so we've yeah. got so we've got the ocean king we've had a triumph in the past and, and so we've had an experience with both of your mid cases right mm-hmm. uh the smaller mid case and, and the ocean king's the slightly bigger mid case talk to us about uh talk to us about your current lineup what do you guys have uh for offer right now yeah what does that look like so um in no particular order uh ocean king and sky quest share basically the exact same case the crown position is just a little bit different because the gmt movement's a little bit thicker so the gmt uh the sky quest crown is like centered in the mid case whereas the ocean king's raised just a hair you would only be able to tell that if you looked at them side by side the triumph and atlas while they look very similar actually are slightly different the atlas case is more based on the sky quest where the triumph is its own um uh little known update that I'm going to give you guys a nice little tidbit here that no one, this is kind of a, a world debut, if you will. Hot uh, take. Oh, yes. So Triumph V2, sort of, and this is very minimal, but the Atlas and the Triumph bezels look identical to the layperson. Uh, Sunray brushed, uh, polished knife edge, um, but the Atlas is a little bit beefier, a little bit taller because it had to allow room for the forehand stack for the GMT. We've now basically taken the bezel from the Atlas, and it's the the, the bezel on the, the Triumph V2. So it's going to thicken the Triumph by like 0.2 to 0.3 millimeters. It's going to be negligible, but it's going to give you just a little bit kind of more substantial bezel on the Triumph uh, that just makes it wear a lot better. Um, so, so Triumph is the field watch Atlas, is a GMT that we call the World Traveler Watch, kind of the, you know, um, gentleman's watch. It can, you can, we always say you can take a Monta and you can dress it up, dress it down from the beach to the boardroom. Mm-hmm. The Atlas, I feel like, is the best example of that because um, it's got the water resistance, um, but it's also got this really refined look, all applied numeral uh, markers, no numerals on the dial. And it gives you that GMT function. So you can you can truly go anywhere, do anything. You can time a, an extra time zone. Um, then the Ocean King that you guys have, which is a derivation of, of the Gem 1 Ocean King, our first watch. Um, we've always been kind of dive watch passionate type guys. That's always been our, our, our major uh, enthusiasm for watch design. And so what we wanted to do there was, uh, you know, take the heritage of, of the dive watch from the 50s and 60s, bring it forward with the adjustable clasp. Uh, ceramic bezel, fully loomed, uh, really nice play on the, or, or lack of back play, I should say, on the bezel assembly, which we have a patent on. Zero, zero back play, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, it's just, and, and admittedly, you know, I mean, Andrew Everett, I don't know if you guys dive, I don't. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't. I'm wearing nope. a Gilt Ocean King on black rubber, quick wrist check right here. I, I tend to wear <laughs> the Ocean King a lot because I use it in my daily life in a different way than diving. I use that bezel for grilling, for cooking, for laundry, whatever it may be. You know, my, we call it the soft boiled egg timer. Yeah, That's what we, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> my wife says you need to do this in fifteen minutes. Okay, now I know when fifteen minutes is right. So, um, so that that's the current crank lineup. an extra ten though. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, what I will say is. Um, you know, we, we do have a new model coming. Um, we just got some news. We had a call this morning uh, with our team in Switzerland, and we're probably about eight to 10 weeks out from announcing that. Um, and 
as you know, as people listening to this who know the Monta name, we listen to our customers. You know, the Atlas was a direct result of listening to our customers telling us they love the Triumph, but they want to see it without numbers on the dial. GMTs are hot right now. We want to see a dress watch, which is where the Opal and Silver dial came into play. And so uh, this fifth model, which I can't believe we have a fifth model coming, um, again, is a direct result of listening to customers. And I think people are going to really be excited about it. They're really going to be happy with the decisions that we've made. Um, it's it's not... This is the Turbion Minute Timer, right? The, 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 the rose gold Turbion. Yeah, right, exactly. Perfect. <laughs> no, we knew far, it was coming. <laughs> far from it. But... Um, but I'm, I'm particularly very excited about this one. Um, I think it's going to appeal to a ton of people. It is not a chronograph. That's the only thing I will say is it's not a chronograph. We will do a chronograph at some point, um, but we're, we're, we're nowhere near that yet. And um, um, is the hardest thing about introducing them. So, so I'm sorry, uh, uh, because I'm a little bit ADD. Yeah. Uh, is the hardest thing about making a chronograph, finding a movement that you a are, are going to, feel comfortable with and be that you can afford 100%. You hit it right on the head. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, chronograph movements are very expensive. And, um, we, we've basically, what I will say is we've determined that the 2894, uh, which oh, yeah. our, our friends at Ferrer have used in their chronographs seems yeah. to be the winner. Um, so now it's about sourcing them. Um, and, and it's not cheap, right? Not that's it's not a cheap movement. No, yeah. very expensive. And then that's the biggest thing is, you know, we've 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 taken this cut to prove ourselves in the market. A price cut. We we've lowered the price. We now have to start raising that price. You know, or we can't operate. And um, the chronograph is going to push us into very rare air in terms of price. Uh, I'm talking like four thousand ish. And I don't think I don't think we're 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 worthy of that yet. I don't think the market's ready to spend four thousand dollars on a Monte chronograph. I'm sure we'd sell some of them to our our loyal customers. Um, but, but we want to make sure that we're really firing on all cylinders and that a lot of people know what we're doing and they respect what we're doing. And then we can say, here's a chronograph that we stand behind. That's got a great movement that's, you know, we can service it for you. And, uh, and it looks really killer and it comes with all these accoutrements. Well, and I, and I appreciate that, right? Because it's, I, I think that there's a lot of easy ways to introduce a chronograph, right? You, you, you know, some of them are thoughtful and make a lot of sense, right? The the VK, uh, the Seiko VK Mecha Quartz movements are a ton of fun, but but that's a different it's a different world, right? Mm -hmm. you, you know, we see a lot of folks in, in our world using Seagull movements, which I think are fantastic values yeah. and and great parts, um, but it's not a Monta. And it's not a Monta yeah. movement. You can't right? stand behind it the way you stand behind. The rest of your product, or or you get something like a seventy seven fifty that is uh, fantastic. I'm I'm actually a, an evangelist of a seventy seven fifty fangirl right? right there, yeah, fangirl. But you know those things are like sixteen millimeters thick, just the movement, right? right. <laughs> so you, you you wind up with a, you know these huge watches, and right. and, and I I actually am, am fine with that, right? It, but it's not what you guys are doing. So yeah, yeah uh, what a challenge. Yeah, what yeah. a challenge. Yeah. I, I appreciate the approach you've taken. You know, we need to establish that we're a brand worth that 
that sort of investment. Mm-hmm. Did you catch the we there? We're now a part of it. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You can send my stock certificates to Eugene. That would be right. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I got your address. I, I shipped you the Ocean King. I know where you live. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's perfect. Just send send them to the same place. <laughs> I, I have so I, I'm getting the sense that we need to wrap up mostly we, because we're at we're getting you know, there an hour. Yeah. We're yep. getting there. Um, but I, I have I have a par, a two part question. <laughs> what did your watch collection look like pre Monta? Oh yeah. And what was your most worn? And what is your post Monta watch collection look like? And your most worn? Okay, so um, pre Monta. Um, I, I was, I, I explored every nook and cranny I could in, in the watch world. And, uh, uh some people are going to be like, are you kidding me, dude? And I, and I get that. Um, my priorities were not in line. Um, but, but pre Monta, definitely a lot of Rolex. Um, I, at one point owned a BLNR. I owned a 16800 mm. sub from my birth year. I thought it was my birth year. I found out it wasn't thanks to my friend, James Lambton <laughs> at analog shift Wait. when he sold it for me. <laughs> Was was it because your birth certificate was wrong, or did your parents think you were born in the wrong year? Because no, I've experienced both of those. I know both. I know people who have had both of those things happen to them. I assume he had misdated the watch. Yeah, this this is also a, this perhaps, is yeah. a you know history serial numbers of Rolex Submariners and yeah. and and like okay. I said, my my friend James landed an analog shift who who is, is is wonderful was like, I'm sorry, man, this is actually an '83. Like crap, I was born in '82. Um, I have, still have a 116520 steel bezel white dial Daytona, which I adore. It was like my first really big, nice watch. Um, such a lovely watch. Yeah. And then I was fortunate enough to get the ceramic bezel white dial 116500 from my local AD here in St. Louis, uh, which I have since sold. Um, I also owned a 15. And you bought a second house and you bought a second house with it, right? Yeah. No, I'm actually just keeping that in cash to survive quarantine. But, uh, uh, 15,400 AP Royal Oak, uh, bought and sold, uh, great watch. Loved that watch. Um, and then a, and this is where people are going to roll their eyes. Uh, the 5065A Aquanaut from 2007, I believe. So it's the 38 and a half millimeter Aquanaut, uh, straight edge rubber strap. Fantastic. Um, my, my father, uh, has that watch now that that's no longer in my possession. And then what I still currently have, uh, which you guys can see me on FaceTime behind me here. Um, I have a Omega Seamaster 300, uh, the reissue from 1953 that they announced at Baselworld 2016. Um, I have an IWC Big Pilot, the reference 5004. Oh, I, I love that. I got barbecue sauce on one of those ones. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, it's true. Nice. <laughs> I have a Frederic Constant Slimline Moon Phase, which is an incredible Ooh. watch. And then uh, one that I'm really proud to say is I have a Notice Duality, the white dial with the 12-hour yes. inner rotating uh, bezel. Yes. I, uh, mad respect for Wes and Colin. I consider those guys friends um yeah. we we text same, offline same. we love those guys great guys um and then uh that's it back there non-monta i have my gen one ocean king black and blue dial i have a gen one sky quest we made three of them prototypes that we were eventually going to produce and we never did uh, so i have one of three of those michael and david have the other two um that one's really special um, it, you know, it, it looks similar to the current sky quest, but it's, it's very different as well. Um, and so the second part to your question, how has it changed? 
Um, I wore my Daytona to the grocery store about two years ago on like a, my wife says, go get milk and eggs type of thing in and out. And I'm standing in line and I get like a tap on the shoulder and I turn around and it's a buddy of mine from grade school that I have not seen in 10 years. But Oh, and you're da- wearing a Daytona? Wearing a Daytona. <laughs> That's got to feel good. And he's like, dude, he, you know, after the pleasantries and we, you know, we give each other a hug. So good to see you. And he had his little daughter with him at the time who I had, had never seen. And then he's like, tell me about this watch brand. Let me see this watch. And like I yeah, pull well, my shirt oh. sleeve down over my Daytona and I'm like, never again is this going to happen to me. And so, um, so I will not leave the house without a, a, a Monta on my wrist and, and it's part sales, but it's also part pride. You know, I mean, it's, yeah. um, I'm very proud of what we've done. I love our product and, and I, I don't ever, I mean, even though I have, most people would be like, oh my God, this guy has a Daytona sitting and he never wears it. Yes, that's true. I hardly ever wear it. I wore it on Sunday to my brother-in-law's house. Uh, and I even posted, cause you know, you're not going to see other, normals, not going to see yeah. more people. Yeah. Cause it's, I'm not going anywhere cause I'm going from A to B. And, um, I did post it on my personal Instagram account and people thought it was really funny because I said, shh, don't tell anyone. And, um, <laughs> so, so nowadays, um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the ocean King in the summertime. It's just kind of a, a theme for me. Um, the triumph is still probably my baby. Um, but I absolutely love the Opal and silver Atlas. And yeah. mm-hmm. maybe the question that you were going to follow up or people are thinking is like, how has this changed you in terms of being a, a watch enthusiast now owning a brand, um, I still have admiration for all the other watches out there. I mean, I, you know, I, I, I follow every brand account on my personal account. Like I said about notice, you guys mentioned, uh, my buddy Chase Smoke and Oscar. Um, you know, you talk about guys like, like John Ferrer from Brew that are genuine friends of mine. I love what they're doing. Actually, I take that back. I forgot because it's over here on the other side of the room. I bought the Copper Brew Mastergraph after Jonathan oh. and I did a, a, an IG live session. And I, oh. I, I've worn it around the house. I probably will never wear it out of the house. Sorry, John, if you're, if you're listening to this. But I love the watch. <laughs> and it's um, so good. Yeah. You know, I, I still have mental lists in my head of I would love to own a Reverso someday. Um, I would love to own um, like the newer model Aquanaut, um, particularly in rose gold because I'm obsessed with gold right now. Um, I can go on and on just as any watch enthusiast can, you know, there's so many watches mm-hmm. out there, but, um, but basically you have a little bit of an obligation. Yeah. 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 Nowadays I'm a, I'm a Monza man. Good for you. That's I dig fantastic. it. So, uh, real quick. So folks are, tr- folks are trying to find your watches. Yeah. Uh, what's your website? What's your Instagram handle? Where, where yeah. can we find you? Yeah. Thank you. Um, Monta watch, uh, at Monta watch on Instagram. Um, I guess on Facebook, you just search Monta watch and find the page www.montawatch.com that's m-o-n-t-a watch and then email most importantly if you email info at montawatch.com you will get a response within one to two business days i say business days because i'm trying to uh separate myself on the weekends and, and spend time with the family but um i welcome any and all questions uh send a dm to the Monta instagram account we'll get back to you as soon as we can um, but we really enjoy engaging with our fellow watch enthusiasts. And I, and I can't say that enough. Like the biggest thing about the Monta team is that we were not business guys who saw an opportunity in an industry. We were passionate watch gays like yourself who were like, damn it, we, we want to do this. We want to live the dream. Um, <laughs> as, as crazy as that dream may have seen at the time, uh, we're going to, we're going to push the envelope. So 
uh, reach out to us. You know, if you've got questions, very specific questions, I love to get nerdy. If people want to talk about, you know, what color gold are on the markers of the Gilt Ocean King, it's 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 three N, you know, or or two N. I'm trying to remember off the top of my head, but um, all the way down to the weeds. You know, we're we're happy to engage with you because at the end of the day, that that's what we love as as watch enthusiasts ourselves. Fantastic, love it. Fantastic. Other things, Andrew. I started a new Netflix show, and it's a Netflix show I've been really looking forward to its release of. It is Space Force. Oh yeah, I, I watched Steve Carell. Steve Carell. Yeah. Yep. And and I as I'm watching it, I'm watching it with my wife, and she goes, "This could be like Spaceballs," and but also it could be real life. It could be that <laughs> that was it, and I was like, "No, it'll never be Spaceballs because Spaceball was a parody of a pop culture." incident in time right star wars like for the people who were alive at the star wars release and have memory of it not just alive but have memory of it i cannot even imagine what it was like because i'm i'm legacy like i was alive and have memories of of episodes one two and three and then all subsequent releases i because i wasn't alive during the original releases The thing about Space Force is that it's a parody. It's like a political parody. It's like watching South Park. But it is not like watching South Park. And that South Park is amusing. Space Force is hysterical. And it's it's somebody... I don't think anyone can take issue with Steve Carell. He is phenomenal. Yeah, so good. It is one of the funniest shows I've ever watched. I absolutely love it. This, This could be my new background noise the office parks and rec just hit play ready go and it just runs in the background as as the soundtrack to my life absolutely take a look at it i've been looking forward to its release it was it has been worth every minute of it i'm I'm losing sleep watching it and at this point in my in in my life losing sleep is 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 a stupid thing to do but i'm doing it it's worth it you know, I'm a little bit more reserved about it. I don't think it's been as good. I, I think oh, I that they've missed opportunities. It. And I but I think, think it's deliberate. Perhaps, perhaps. Uh, I I think they could have done more. I I, I have really enjoyed it. So I've, I'm through seven episodes, I believe. That's about where I'm at. Yeah. And and I've enjoyed I've enjoyed those seven episodes. I think that they have missed some opportunities. And and I think some of the sequencing and some of the script and and whatever. I I, I hope I hope that they'll burn off some of that because I think the potential is there. But uh, yeah, it's it's good. It's it's really fun. Love it. Get into it, y'all. So, and it's a new Netflix show. Yes. Let's be serious. You've exhausted the catalog. Watch the new things. <laughs> so uh, I've got another thing. Do me. I'm in a number of sort of watch chats, right? Yeah. Uh, you, you, you know, uh, whether that's IG or... Uh, some other forum, right? But but it's just a. Uh, most of these are very organic in the way they formed, right? We we started messaging about some specific comment on a post or whatever, you know, two or three guys, uh, and and, and gals. I'm I actually don't know that any of them include gals. <laughs> uh, you, we message ten and two. A, a, a couple, yeah, that's right. Uh, a, a couple people have just formed these organic watch groups, and they've sustained for whatever reason. You know, we just keep it going. Uh, but one of my groups is these uh, very like-minded group of guys, uh, and we talk books 
right? We talk watches, but we also talk books. And so, and primarily sci-fi, we're all kind of sci-fi nerds. And I recently learned about a book uh, that I'd never heard of, which is, which kind of surprised me because it was a Nebula Award winner. So kind of a famous book um, that I just, I had no awareness of, but it's a book called Hyperion, Hyperion. And I'd never read this book. And these guys were like, dude, you've got to read Hyperion. Uh, and so I started this. I am, according to Kindle, something like 53% of the way through this book. Which is probably really accurate. And, <laughs> and I cannot put the thing down at night. I can't put the thing down. At, I, I'm on like my third night of reading. You know, I start reading pretty late at night. We'll go to bed and, and I, I have a chair in the bedroom and I, I read, you know, normally an hour or so be, and then it's like well now i've got to go to bed in, in order to get enough sleep i'm at like two hours and i'm like i really need to go to sleep but i cannot put this freaking thing down so it, it's sci-fi right everybody knows i'm a fan of sci-fi uh it, it's real deep sci-fi and, and it's sort of military sci-fi too so you get okay some, yep so all the all the good stuff all, all the you know sort of weird battle scenes and and guns and tactics but uh, it's presented in this really novel fashion where you're getting stories from several different people that are all on this unified mission. Fantastic. If you haven't read Hyperion, it's not a new thing, uh, but it's a new thing to me, and it's phenomenal. Phenomenal. 53% of the book. I don't even know the punchline. Phenomenal, and I totally recommend it. You're going to get at least 53% of the way through this book and enjoy every second of it. Uh, so, Justin... Um, what do you got, man? Interestingly, the Hyperion is the hotel right next door to Baselworld where we exhibited last year, which, of course, didn't happen to go. this year. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens <laughs> we, there. We can't go. <laughs> that's, for, that's for another episode. But um, We won't be invited. We'll just go. <laughs> that's what we're going to do. Whatever, whatever comes with Baselworld, we're going to go next year is like exploratory R&D. We're probably not going to exhibit. We're just going to go and... We'll host meetings in coffee shops and bars. So if you guys go, we're definitely doing a meeting. So we'll we'll talk more about that. Do you think that. that's going to happen, Justin? Do you think Basil is going to sort of exist in some zombie state? 100%. So Baselworld will reincarnate. Like the MCH group that owns Baselworld is going to do a new show. They're talking about do it doing it in Lausanne, which is on the other end of Lake Geneva, like uh, near Montreux. Um, yeah. But then the bigger brands, a la Rolex, Paddock, et cetera, are doing this don't quote me on this W H H W A F H show. And then there's, um, uh, watches and wonders, the former S I H H. There might be three shows sure. in 2021 separate topic, a furthering of the schism. Yeah, we'll we see. can move on, mm -hmm. but sure. So, so my suggestion for the listeners, um, is, uh, Pedro and Taylor, this brand that has emerged during COVID. Um, Josh and Levi, the two owners are, uh, product marketing guys that are brilliant photographers, brilliant storytellers. And they've been doing this for all these other brands. And they said, well, we like cool t-shirts and caps and sweatshirts and uh, home goods, et cetera. And so they, they started their own brand and they did a really cool thing. They reached out to the watch community. Uh, they came to brands like Manta, uh, my friend Andrew at Astor and Banks, which is a, a brand that probably a lot of your listeners are, are know well. And they said, uh, we want to have you guys involved in our photo shoot. And so uh, Josh, one of the, the co-founders of Pedro and Taylor and I got on the call. We struck up a conversation um, and I ordered a hat and I ordered two more hats from my best friends. And 
he sent me these images just like a week ago of the Gilt Ocean King and the Opaline Silver Atlas in their most recent photo shoot, which just went live uh, on Sunday, two days ago. Um, so if you go to the Pedro and Taylor website, you can actually see um, our watches during their photo shoot on their new product launch for their their spring and, and summer catalog, which is really cool. Um, I love being a part of the watch family, even as it expands outside of watches to clothing and wine and cars and you name it. Um, so so definitely give the guys at Pedro and Taylor a look. I own two hats, a sweatshirt and a t-shirt. I can vouch for the quality, the fit, the finish, all the things that I look for as a, as a product designer and, and marketer and manufacturer myself. So, uh, you know, I think Pedro and Taylor is really the hot thing right now. I yeah, it's killer. All right. All right. Well, well, good stuff. Uh, Andrew, what do you got, man? Are you, I, it's it for me, man. I'm going to go back to my house. I'm going to sleep for a few hours and I'm back to work. Well, we want to say to you, uh, Justin, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Thanks for sending us this Ocean King. Uh, we will... Probably in, not. In spite of our threats, we will send it back <laughs> to you someday. Uh, you, you know, after we get a few more pictures. But we yeah. really appreciate really appreciate you coming on the show uh, and taking the time to talk to us. Check out Monta at montawatch.com. Watch. Do you know how to speak anymore? Or is that broken? <laughs> www.montawatch.com and at montawatch on Instagram. And thank you for joining us for this episode of 40 and 20. Check us out on Instagram at 40 and 20 or on patreon.com slash 40 and 20. And don't forget to tune back in next Thursday for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye.